1: Outspoken with White and Jordan.
2: 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White and today myself, Simon and Martin Keon. Look back at last night's Premier League action, which saw Everton run riot against Newcastle and Spurs let another lead slip, this time at home to West Ham. And Unai Emery hosts his former club Arsenal tomorrow evening. Are Villa title contenders if they take the scalp of the Gunners? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. It is Friday and here we go. Uh, Three hours of Jim White, Simon Jordan and Arsenal Invincible Martin Keown, who stepped into the office this morning and was telling us all about the theatre version of Pretty Woman, Simon. <laughs> Mr Martin Keown, you were sitting in the theatre last night, were you? Really enjoyable, actually, yes. Yeah? Compliments to the yeah, to the
3: Oxford Theatre. Very good show. Fantastic. Pretty Woman. We all know the storyline, don't we? Yes. yes. Great yes. film.
2: I, 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 you, Happy ending. You, you were a fan of the film
3: and now you've seen it in the theatre. Yeah i don't think simon is looking at his face they looking he's a bit grumpy this one we haven't seen much of memory <laughs> before he come on air he comes dashing in last uh, 10 seconds pretending he hasn't done any research i don't have to pretend but i also I, I'm all, I'm <laughs> looking like joe 90 with on those Monday
4: eyes when we've got graham on martin um uh, o'neill Sorry? and on wednesday we've got danny murphy i'm in a nine when it's you, i <laughs> yeah. three minutes to ten, that's so I
3: to avoid be- your because, drivel That's because I show. carry you through the show, yeah, 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 and you know yeah, I've done yeah, my yeah. research. Yeah, well, it's well, actually well,
2: very well, quiet yeah. out there this morning. There was uh, um, some kind of a party in here last oh, night. I Simon, heard. Was a guest. Uh, it's uh,
4: Mary Celeste out there. Never yeah, invited, Mary Celeste, the
2: you, hey. well, you didn't miss out. You and I, you and I Simon, uh, stayed away. You come in. I, I always love this time of the year. I've heard stories of people with food poisoning. <laughs> Oh God, honestly it absolutely cuts you up at a time of year like this but it's very very funny but uh, everybody who's uh, out there enjoying the office party season, go easy enjoy yourself, watch what you say remember, the bosses remember, that's the only problem. Uh, Friday morning a lot to get through, we're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook, if you want to watch the show you can so much going on out there Um, it's been a big week Martin of uh, big games uh, and another massive weekend in the Premier League looms. Last night, I watched it from start to finish. In fact, I hopped a bit between the two games um, on Amazon. A late flurry of goals saw Everton move out of the relegation zone. A 3-0 win over Newcastle. I didn't see that coming last night. I must admit, Simon, I did not predict a, a scoreline like that. Well, we kind of did yesterday because I wrote a glowing article about Eddie Howe, didn't
4: we? And, when the, and the comment was from Luke. Oh, yeah, that Kiss of Death beat, article. Everton will beat Newcastle now. You, the Kiss of Death. I gave Steve Cooper a glowing endorsement two weeks ago. Wolves will beat them then. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. that, done. I yeah. mean, uh, to be honest, it's They're a, a good relevant side, question, Everton. though. In, good side. in terms of galvanising the club, you know, I, I asked a question in the introduction, Simon. I think most Evertonians would say, no, are you kidding? But is there an argument that the 10-point deduction might have been the best thing to happen to Everton in terms of bringing them together? I think they
4: were going all right before it, to be honest with you. Um, I mean
2: obviously everyone expected that there was
4: going to be this bear pit for Manchester United to arrive in Um, and whilst there was a high octane it was all snuffed out very quickly by Man United scoring a wonder goal and gaining control of the game at certain points Um, but I'm not surprised there's nothing about I didn't expect them to beat Newcastle 3-0 but I'm not surprised they beat them Newcastle have got a lot of injuries they've got a lot on at this moment in time and they've done a lot of things right yeah it's the first time we've heard Eddie Howe bring up injuries specifically in the conversation Um, which flies in the face of all the things I said he doesn't do in my article. Um, But I think Everton are a decent side. I think he's got them going. And yes, of course, this added ingredient of the feelings of injustice, I think more so probably by the fans, the players will get on with it. Um, But they're now out of the bottom three. And it does tell you a story of how poor the points tally at this moment in time is. From the bottom three sides that a yes. team that can get docked 10 points is outside of the bottom
2: three at this stage in the season that's a great yeah. point sammy do you know something martin if it wasn't for the 10 point deduction um everton would be sitting 10th in the league this morning correct um isn't also, that amazing yeah i've been waiting patiently to speak but i just i just wanted to say
3: um <laughs> you can speak any time I, yeah, that's, fine, fine, that's fine no, don't that forget, don't front, forget there's a here, microphone. Here. you keep looking to your right look to your left occasionally <laughs> Okay. Just, what was interesting was what was interesting was the first five games of the season. Sorry, Martin, I was looking at Simon. There. And, and first, and the Martin must did, go first on you Friday. You're to watching
2: on YouTube. Watch this, folks. Yeah, I'm looking at
3: Simon. <laughs> you need to listen then as well. Thank you very much. So it's the first five games of the season. Didn't get a single point, Jim. Yeah. So the last ten games, they've they've had six wins. It's been absolutely okay. 20 fantastic. Twenty points out of ten. Yeah. Games, but what yeah. I will say. And where this is where Simon really slips up a little bit because in his research, if you look, and what I've done, I provided for those who came in early this morning to have a look at a home and away table. And in the away table, how have you been, Simon? They the are, they're 16th out of seven games away from home, they've won one. They're away form is really poor, yeah, for a team that's now playing in the Champions League, yeah. Uh, and you know, what's that down to, Martin? I wonder, do you know, it's I can't really fathom it out because every time I watch Newcastle, I watch with ad- admiration and the hard work and um, obviously the succession of injuries right now uh, last night a couple of mistakes from Trippier which was uncharacteristic um, goalkeeper now is out as well I think that was a big miss for them to didn't look as you know as secure as they normally do so but they have a lot to do to be honest but everton now i mean really that's fantastic as you say to be 10th yeah. in the table yes if they hadn't lost those 10 points it's so, a uh, remarkable. Everton going along really nicely now
2: well they are sean dyche was a bit of a pest to the fourth official for most of the night but uh he was saying look everybody well
1: done you know the connection i've spoken about since i got here i felt it needed um it wasn't lost but it needed sort of rebirthing i suppose and the ability of a team to give everything and they're certainly seeing that we think we've got quality but they're seeing a group of people give a lot to the cause and that's that should be a given by the way but it's not always trust me um, and i think we're building that resilient mentality that belief in taking anyone off uh, anyone on sorry in the division um and backed heavily by our supporters which is fantastic it's a great mix to that um
2: carvert lewin uh, having said that missed an absolute sitter that I think any one of the three of us could have put away last night but having said that, he does look good and every Everton player looks like they're now knuckled down playing for the cause, playing for the badge and doing it for the football club and when you get fans like Evertonians, that is not lost on them, is it? No, I mean the results, we've been talking about the results but the team,
3: I mean I thought Harrison was a really good signature in the summer McNeil now starting to flow, Jim, isn't he? Lovely run and hit for yeah. his goal last night. And I did see, actually, I did um, take some time out to watch Calvert-Lewin and he missed one off his left foot. Um, he thought he might have been offside, but he wasn't in the end. It didn't really matter. But they came really strong at the end of the game. I thought it was interesting that Coleman plays came back into the team at right back and Young played slightly higher. So, um, manager making really good use of the squad. But they look solid now, really solid. Uh, and picking up, Jim, obviously three games in a week. So, this is a good time for Everton right now. And Sean Dyche is really getting... His hands on this team, making the changes and Carpet Lewin being you know I mean Beto coming off the bench was handy for him. He's nice as well that he gets a goal. I think it's really important. But Carpet Lewin now hopefully free of injury and he's firing on all cylinders.
2: Well, Steve's an Evertonian who has jumped onto the phone lines this morning. Steve, good morning. How do you feel about this? I mean, can you believe it? You'd be you'd be tenth if it wasn't for the ten point deduction, Steve. Jimmy Dodar. Good morning, lads. Thanks for having me on the show. Good morning. morning. Yeah, now we would be 10th, Jim.
0: Um, but how refreshing is it, Jim? Let's you know, let's go back, and Simon's been here with me, and I, I think uh, Martin's been on it as well. When we're talking about the dice, getting all the dice and whatnot, you know? And I always felt, Jim, that he needed to know what what he had and what this man's good at, Jim. And I followed him, I told you, six years ago I wanted him at our club because he's a straight back there, straight talker, They're a little bit like you Simon there. He tells you as it is, and it's like... He gives you the education of what it's like to play for our club, and we are the people's club. But on the other hand, you know, we're a little bit we a little bit short, we're a little bit short in numbers. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Beto got the goal. Beto got the goal last night because I'm not too sure about him, Jim. But how much changes he got out of that team? In his, in you know, you look. I look at I look at that uh, T C. I look at him as a Ratcliffe, a Martin Keown. Who leads from the front of the days of old, you know? Yeah. And I look in the centre of the park, and even Garner didn't even play last night, your Peter Deeds, you know, and people like that, you're people that drive you on. And as for Cavalier, you know, again, my, he always goes on, Sean Dice, about mindset. In every conversation, mindset, yes. underbelly, not being too soft. Jim, we're the team on our day, mate, on our day, and we're out there, we give anyone a game. Anyone.
2: Absolutely. Steve, actually, this is the first time I've actually asked an Evertonian right now about this. Are you having 777 partners? Do you, would you embrace them if they were to come in as your new owners? Jim, I just said to your father, I
0: was talking to him on the phone who had me on. Jim, that, the least of our worries here and now, and I think Sam will back me on this, is not who's going to take over that beautiful club, the People's Club. We'll have takers, Jim. Now, 777, Jim, I'm not keen on them, to be fair, mate but we, that's the least of our worries. We're going to climb that table. He's going to have three or four windows as Uncle Sean. He's a proper, proper manager,
2: mate.
0: Proper manager. Brilliant.
2: Steve, what a great call. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. I, I love that. There is a typical Evertonian Simon who loves everything yep. about his football club. Yep. Um, Simon, it always, it always seems to me I think of you, and I think of what you're like as an owner. I think you and Sean Dyche. Sean is exactly the sort of manager you would have loved to have worked with. I would have thought. Yes, I think so. Um, Because I think, although Sean is not the easiest of
4: customers, I think he'll push the envelope, and I think that's right to do. I think um, you know. I think managers that can do their jobs, that have the 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 substance. And push the envelope, and not a problem. I would have liked to work with Sunes When I spoke to Sunes in 2006, he would have been a handful of trouble in certain respects, but he'd have been worth the trouble because he would have made my life easier because I have enough problems. I don't need someone else to create more problems for me by not having a football team that's moderately successful. So I think Deitch does what he says he's going to do. He galvanises, he gets people together, he gets people organised, and he creates an opportunity for the team that he runs to have some modicum of success. The modicum of success at Burnley was staying in the division. That was the benchmark. The difficulty for Everton was getting a club together that's all over the place off the field and holding it together and stopping it from falling through the trap door, which is what, and he's actually doing more than that. So the answer is that quick. Any sensible owner Mm. that wants somebody to do their job to a certain level, I'm not suggesting winning the Premier League, but doing to a certain level, wouldn't go too far wrong with having people like Deitch but Dutch again Well, we saw Deitch in the studio he's not a pussycat he's not easy Oh no, no! but no. then again characters like that shouldn't be because they've got a yeah. big job to do
2: yeah it, it, it was interesting Steve who obviously sleeps, breathes lives Everton mm-hmm. uh, the fan there we had on air Sam, uh, Martin he he was saying, Deitch is the absolute sure-in for our club. He's, he's exactly the sort of manager that Evertonians love.
3: He's, he's a perfect fit. Well, he got an instant result, didn't he? When we look back to his very first game, I think it was against Arsenal Indeed. Last, last season when Arsenal were really going well. Um, and they only just scrambled to safety. So it, they were all important wins. It, I think it was very much down to him last year that the club stayed up. I think without Sean Dyche being there, pretty well it would have actually fallen out of the, yeah. of the Premier League. Yeah. And so it's massively important for that football club building a new ground, trying to develop, uh, that they get good results on the pitch. That, you know, that keeps the noise, Jim. It keeps it quiet. You're going in the right direction. And I, and I feel they've already cl- climbed a mountain once, haven't they, to get out of the bottom three. They're, they're doing it again, but they've got to keep winning games, Jim. They've got um, Chelsea coming up at the weekend. Then it's Burnley. That would be an interesting yeah. one away to his, his old team. Spurs away. And their away record, actually, they're fifth in the table, Everton uh, for away games. Not so good at home, which is a bit of a, mis- <laughs> a mystery. We hmm. only recently lost to Manchester United, didn't they? Um, and then it's Man City away. So there's lots of big games coming up. for everybody. Oh God,
2: every game is a big game. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Last night, I thought of the game I was at recently, Tottenham against uh, Villa, in actual fact. And Tottenham went ahead and looked great. And I thought then they'd score goal after goal after goal under Postacoglu. It didn't work out that way. Villa won it last night. Same thing with West Ham. West Ham left the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with all three points. This was how Ange Postacoglu assessed it.
1: I think at the moment, we're just going through this spell where we're so-called playing good football, but I don't see that. What I see is us not really showing any real clear conviction in in what we're doing you know it's it's almost like we're thinking the ball going to the net by itself and it won't you need you need to have that determination to 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 do that and you need that determination to keep the ball out of the out of the net on the other end so
2: i mean that's Ange there completely down to earth right on the level at the end of it martin saying look i'm not i'm not that concerned that we're playing good football we need to win we need to win he needs somebody to put the ball in the back of the net, Martin.
3: Yeah, he's very positive, isn't he? But obviously, you've lost four of the last five games. So he's now very concerned. But when you play against David Moyes with that kind of low block, and they don't, you know, I mean, if you, they're 25% possession last night against Spurs. And, and Spurs kind of lost it trying to win it, Jimmy. This is, the, this is the thing. It's like Richarlison had a really good opportunity header. Should have put it in the back of the net. Um, and then you just leave that door open. Um, yeah. so I, I think Ward-Prowse as well, I mean, we were all talking about Declan Rice at Arsenal, what a good player he is, but what a great, oh, he re- was super. What a great replacement, by the way, for West Ham, and David Moyes is part of that. He pushed
2: really hard to get him in there. So, you I know, mean, they're... Are Tottenham fans scratching their heads now? Are they Are they beginning to I think, think oh, I love the sounds of it with Ange, you know, like, great, if we go down to five men, we'll still attack. Everybody lap that up. I think, but hang mean, on, where have the winds gone?
3: It's balance, isn't it? The team that wins the Premier League this year finds a perfect balance. We're even looking at Man City now and looking and saying, okay, you know, no winning four. They've lost that balance, man. You know, you know that's the that's the thing, Jim. I mean, we're looking at Villa. We're gonna look at it in detail. We're looking at Arsenal, What game coming up. Yeah, but there's let's look form- at Tottenham. We're yeah, looking at Tottenham. Tottenham have just fallen over a little no bit. No wins in the last five think, in though, all competition. There's a unity at the club now. I think there's a, the fans go there with an expectation to see good football. I think they'll stick with the manager. I don't see any major panic, but when, you, when you've lost four games, in quick succession you need to get it right and I think the balance is wrong a little bit in the way that they just go out, go after teams but they've got to take these chances Jim you know that's the thing
2: goals change games goals change games uh, Angie needs a win Simon um, you and I have been talking very warmly yeah uh, and very positively and, and, and about what so. this guy brings
4: And rightly so but I
2: do detect a slight
4: nervousness now well I don't think there should be I mean you, you can look at the games that he's lost and you can say Okay, the Chelsea game, well, that took care of itself because they put themselves in a ridiculous position of losing players um, in that game. And obviously, they had injuries. They had everything. I mean, the key component that's gone from their game is Madison. Yeah, he's key. There There is the link between. And that tells you that Spurs aren't strong enough to be able to maintain a proper tilt at doing anything meaningful because if you lose Madison then all of a sudden the wheels come off. And that is also compounded by the lost centre-half. Romero was back last night. But if you look at the Chelsea game, that takes care of itself. The only game that Tottenham, I think, have been sort of outmanoeuvred in and out-thought in was the Wolves game. Wolves were better than Spurs. Spurs were lucky to, to, to be in front in that game. Two late winners, though. And two, two, but two late but, goals, yeah. Wolves battered them. That's right. Whereas in the other games, Spurs yep. battered Villa mm. and can't quite believe they've come away with a loss they competed with Man City and everyone says it's a credible draw. And last night they've handed defeat back from the jaws of victory. It's on Postacoglu. It's one thing creating a culture in the football club where you want to change their mindset. You want them to be brave in all circumstances that you, so that they can then use their judgment when they should be brave. right? Because what he's got is a culture in there that's been very on the back foot and a mentality that's about a different style of football. So his mentality was, we're, we'll play this way all the time. If we go down to nine men, we'll play this way against everybody. Right? He, everyone knows he's not. But what he wants to do is get a footprint, a blueprint into the minds of the players so then they can use their judgment when they do and when they don't. Now he's got to get that balance right because it's no good losing games in the pursuit of winning them. If you're not going to win exactly. the game, at least don't lose it.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, he,
4: and my view is he'll get it right. Now you've got to, you've got to bounce back. Newcastle will obviously have gotten spanked. ...by Everton... Yeah. ...and they play another away game... ...and Martin's quite rightly points out... ...they've not done particularly well away from home... ...but some of those results are explainable... Yeah. ...by playing Liverpool-Man City in the mix... ...they've got to get a, a decent game going forward... ...otherwise a Newcastle will bounce back in
2: this game... ...well do you know what's happening at Tottenham though Martin? They're beginning to chalk up... ...they're chalking up little achievements... ...which you don't want to chalk up... ...this is the first time in the Premier League... ...that a team, Tottenham... ...in this instance... ...has been ahead in five consecutive games... And didn't win any of them. Wow! So they go ahead and everybody's like, here we go. This is going to be our day. And then they lose and they leave with nothing. And I wonder, Trevor, big Tottenham fan, if that is now a serious source of concern to you. Good morning, Trevor.
1: Well, it, it is and, and it isn't really because, you know, I've been a season ticket holder for the last, uh, whoa, most probably 45 years at least. And I've got to say, I'm really, really enjoying going again. Last season, I didn't bother going to the last half a dozen games because I was bored of watching the football that I'm watching. Now, I'm excited to go every game. And I think most Spurs supporters are the same as me. Yes, we want to see results. I agree. We're missing two big players in that team, which is Van Der Ven and Madison, And, you know, Davis. Although, being the Welsh captain, he's not the same as van der Ven. He hasn't got the pace that van der Ven's got, or, in my opinion, the quality. Um, when we're making silly mistakes to give goals away, yes. if you look at all the goals we've given, most of them are going to be from errors at the back. Um, you know, the last three games, you've got Romero to blame a little bit because he got sent off for no reason. And that put us, again, under pressure at playing Sure, playing sure. a, a, a wing, a wingback. Trevor, Trevor
2: where you, where'd you stand on Son? I like Son immensely. I think he comes over very well when he's interviewed. But he says, players have to take responsibility. The fans don't deserve this. This was Son who last night managed one shot and recorded no dribbles. You know what he's like. You're a Tottenham fan, you watch the games. When he's got the ball at his feet and he's running at pace with people. Last night, not one time did he do that.
1: Yeah, I agree, I agree with you there. He was very out of the game last night and he can be like that. But when he's on fire, he's fantastic. I disagree with, with what he says. Um, yes the players have got to take some responsibility but they're giving their all you can see it I'm sorry I can see it week in week out (laughs) this is different from what I've seen before they are attractive the football we're playing is great they've got to press home the advantage every time they're in front they've got to get that second goal and even a third to be comfortable that they're going to win this game
2: Trevor you are a good supporter isn't it Simon what a good call from Drewer. Yeah. I but, love that. But this
4: will last for so long. Right. I mean, I should imagine there was a massive feel-good factor when Aussie dealers was playing football that was like basketball until it got on, went on and went on and went on at Spurs and they would score three and the other side would score four. Ange Postacoglu wasn't brought in to boom and bust. He was brought in to build the side. Now, I'm not suggesting that's what's happening. We're advocates of his. Um, but Tottenham Hotspur are a side that's flattered to deceive yes. for as many years as we can possibly imagine. And there's been lots of criticism about them win, not winning anything. And of course, by bringing Mourinho and Conti in, you sort of negated the argument about seriousness. Both of those were failed appointments for their own reasons. Pastor Coglu's shown a way to go forward, but he, he it's one thing pointing the finger at the players. And yes, at the end of the day, it's the players that have to deliver and execute but it also has to be set up by the coach. And if he's now suggesting that, they, that the style of football isn't of precedence in his mind, it's the outcomes, well, let's get the narrative right, yes. Ange. because still the style only, of football I mean, was what you wanted. They're only
3: still three points behind Man City, aren't they? I mean, it's for all the games they've just lost recently, you know, a good win at the weekend against, I mean, that's a really significant game against Newcastle because they're slipping, aren't they?
4: But they've gone from looking, well, I mean, I, I remember saying three weeks ago, if they don't get a Champions League spot now with this sort of start, yeah. and the, the average requirement for Champions League spot is 71 points, let's say, for the purpose of this conversation. If you've got 26 points out of XYZ amount of games, you really should be in a box seat. All of a sudden, that box seat mentality's gone now. Sure. Because they've now got a battle to get two points a game
2: well, this to is get it. into that. That's right. Uh, Andrew, before we head to the break, we'll have you on here with us now. You're a big Tottenham fan. And tell me this, is Poster still in a position that he can do no wrong in your eyes?
5: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could have predicted what this chat would have been about this morning after last night's result. Um, you know, you, I think you guys need to wind your neck in a bit because, yeah, you know... It's,
4: oh, just praise then, yeah? I thought uh, I'd 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 only praise then, <laughs> yeah? So when there's loads of praise, we'll keep our necks extended. When there's a bit of criticism, <laughs> wind them in. no.
5: Not at, all time, Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I agree what Trevor, Trevor said at uh, the earlier caller, but, uh, you know, you've got to give your time. It's very early days. There's been, OK, suspensions, injuries. Uh, what, what do we expect? I mean, just give the guy time. It'll be fine. We're, we've got some good players. We'll have some better players probably come January, come the, come the summer. Uh, just keep the faith. That's what we need I, to
2: I do. mean I like that Andrew I, I really do like that but weeks ago when you were at the top of the the Premier League we were we were thinking well, and maybe we were wrong to think it could they win this thing under Koglu in his first season no, in charge no 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 that
5: was never that was never going to be uh, a likelihood Yeah, Come but on, Manchester long City long are going way. backwards yeah, I mean, as Martin said, and I very rarely agree with everything Martin Keown says, but uh, we have na- something in common, as, naturally. As he, sa- as he said, um, you know, uh, you know, they're only three points behind City. The worrying thing for me is, I think we're nine points. Are we nine points behind Arsenal now? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's the problem. Uh, but you know, keep the faith. You know, when we hopefully get it together on uh, Sunday against Newcastle, won't be an easy game, but you know, we'll be there. So. Good, Come on. good, Andrew. I like your call, and I, I like the cut of
2: your jib. That is for sure. What What do you think the fans, or what do you prefer, Martin? As we head to the break, Moy's ball—you described that earlier—as a low block or Ange ball. What do you prefer? Well, a bit of both is what I prefer. If you look at West Ham, they don't go and
3: win the ball in the in the top third of the pitch. They just sit back. They yeah. don't really go and contest. But I yes. do like watching uh, Postacoglu's football. I do I like the high energy confidence that they played it has been transformational. Yeah. But there's no real balance to their play. We saw that against Chelsea. And I think once he gets a, a balance to their team, they can be really effective. Sure.
2: Uh four wins in the last five for West Ham. So you would think, Yeah, yeah. All is great there. Going well. And I look at a message. Moyes out. Sick <laughs> <Take it laughs> of his negative, boring football. It's the same week, week in, week out. And we the fans, we know, we go every week. From Mr D Sullivan. Is that the fan that rang in? Remember last season when I was trying to support West Ham? Get behind your team. Might but, be him. Uh, Simon he says, Moyes is tactically clueless. Uh, and, his, and his management style is a joke. <laughs> so Moyes out, exclam, exclam. But West Ham fans, be honest with us. And that's a statistic this morning. Four wins in your last five for West Ham. You went to Tottenham last night and you left with all three points. And yet, it seems in the eyes of many of you, he can still do no right. I mean, get real. Jewelry isn't
4: a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
2: Listen outspoken with white and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk sport. We're getting through the month, Christmas, New Year, just around the corner. And that means, as it does every year, a whole glut of very, very important football matches. We all love it over the festive period. Everybody loves going to football around Christmas, Boxing Day, New Year and all the rest of it. And there are some great games on the horizon, some big games this weekend as well. And with Arsenal Invincible, Martin Keown... Uh, in the studio with myself and Mr. Simon Jordan. We're going to take a look at them right now. Aston Villa, they took the scalp of Manchester City. Can they do the same to Arsenal tomorrow night? Martin played for both. And of course, uh, Arsenal fans know and love the fella. What do you think? As opposed to Arsenal, first off, I want to talk about Villa. Where are they going, Martin? I saw them the other day when they played Tottenham at the Tottenham Hotspur Mm. Stadium. I spoke to John McGinn at the end of the game and they feel, yeah, we're in a good place, we're in a good spot and it's going well. I wonder if it's really going to go well. And I mean really well. Well, it is going well, full stop. I mean, you have to look at Emery. Um, There's
3: a bit of an edge to this one, actually, isn't there? When you look about, he finished fifth, Emery in his first season at Arsenal, uh, then took them to the Europa Cup final, probably the only one he's never won. Um, he's he's de- very definitely a very good coach. They they play an interesting system, Jim. So out of possession, it's quite straightforward. Any coach could really copy it. It's a four four two situation, but when they receive the ball, it's very clever. How they go to like a three five two. So they like the two front players up top. Bailey was excellent the other day. Cozen joins Watkins. McGinn very clever in his movement. Kind of moves in. To sit in front of there too, so they end up with sort of two midfield players, sort of in ten yeah. in a ten position. Tillemans, dispass- Tillemans is one of them with Kane, with yeah. uh, McGinn together. Yeah, and then and then Kamara, I, I was really impressed with him the other day. How clever he is because he'll drop back into the back line to receive it. That was Louise's clever yeah. as well. Yeah, um, so they've got good footballers. Um, Ollie Watkins is full of full of confidence right now. Um, Tillemans is now demonstrating the, the footballer that we knew he was. He had a, a season off, didn't he, really, last, last year. Um, so there's good options, and, and even the goalkeeper. I mean, everybody, against when you beat City, and City, by the way, what's interesting about City this year, because they've lost that magic, I would feel, and, and I was really shocked to see that they were playing a Kanji in midfield. And they've got, you look at the players they bought,
2: mm.
3: you know, uh, players sitting on the bench, for, for Man City, who've been bought to play in that midfield, Akanji needs to be on the back line for any of those counter attacks. They look right. fun, and they're vulnerable at the moment and they're making people oh, they feel are, they the are. rest of the Premier League is thinking there's a chance, you know. Well, Villa, they're not one quite what they were.
2: Villa are one of them. If they beat Arsenal tomorrow night, they're one point behind Arsenal and well. they're going so well that there's nothing for me to doubt that they can't do it. You just look at the last few games, they beat Fulham. 3-1, then it went to Tottenham, I was there, they beat them. Ledger, Warsaw, they beat them. Bournemouth, they beat them. City, they beat them. Put them in front of them, they'll beat them. Will they beat Arsenal?
3: Well, it's the best away uh, away team against the best home team, basically. Arsenal at the top of that table uh, and top of the table overall. Um, it would be a It's a perfect time for Villa, I would say. Having beaten last year's champions, looking at maybe prospective champions for this season, top of the table, Arsenal, um, it's a thriller at the Villa. That's what we're probably looking for. Love that. Because it's like um, Villa, I can't remember them ever in living memory them being this good. You know, okay, they won the Champions League and, or the European Cup back in the day. It's a long time that there's nobody really there that's seen Villa play like this. It must be wonderful for them to turn up 14 times they've won on the bounce, Jim. Mm. It's, mm. it's remarkable. But I think if anyone can do it, I think Arsenal can. And I think what's interesting is if we think about Arsenal and I know that um, Arteta is his own man tactically, but they're very similar to City. And I think he just had to go in first as City did. uh, I thought tactically as well City was second best and that's unusual for Pep. You know, he's talking about Um, or people are talking about complacency he's responded to that I just feel it's just the personnel I think when Rodri doesn't play now they're too reliant on him since whenever did that happen in a City team no Gundogan anymore Jim De Bruyne now you're missing that magic Grealish was suspended we might have had something to say listen they played exceptionally well City but now they're human and everyone feels they can beat them no winning for it is now yeah they can be
2: dragged into it so Simon Aston Villa Arsenal suddenly becomes hugely significant Mm. I think Because people will, if if Villa win, people will start saying, right, hang about, they're in this title race. There's a point between um, them at the top. Oh, yeah. I mean, it becomes a more compelling argument. I still don't think that they will be.
4: um, But I think you cannot argue with the current form that Villa are in. Okay, two or three weeks ago, they got beat away to Nottingham Forest, and that's a strange one.
3: Drew away at Bournemouth last time out as well.
4: Um, So you can make these arguments about where they are and where they aren't. I mean, look, if they beat Man City and they beat Arsenal in the same week, then, then you know, the conversation will ramp up. I think it'll be a fascinating game. I mean, Arsenal have just come off the back of a win against Luton and, you know, Luton scored three goals against Arsenal. You have to ask yourself how they managed to achieve that and people will say that a lot of slinging in big balls and playing a lot of dead ball situations, but it is what it is. You've got to yeah. defend them. Yeah. I, I think it's a great game. I think Villa are a good side. I think they're, you know, we've seen Villa in previous times with Martin O'Neill's Villa be a good side and be competitive and be inside the top six. This has a different look and feel because football is different now. The way that football, the the amount of goals that are being scored, the manner in which players are playing is different to 16, 17 years ago. It's not surprising that it's different. But you've got, we've talked about this repeatedly this week about the ownership model, about the, about, they've got a proper football club manager in space. Gerard was not the fit. I never thought he was going to be the fit. He, was, you know, he was learning on the job, and whether he had the capacity and the capabilities to understand it, we're hearing coming out of the camp that it's the, the training is like anything, that nothing like any of the players have seen. Well, we always hear those great stories when you, when you're winning, but they are inextricably indexed to the fact that you are winning. Yeah, I I think they I think Villa will not be competing for the title, but I think they certainly will be knocking on the door of a top four. No, a I it's think, Jim, I yeah. felt when
3: I felt when he was the manager, and please don't take this uh, in the wrong way because I'm not listening to do that, but I thought, you know, Emery, when he was at Arsenal, I couldn't quite understand him. A couple of times I chatted with him and I, and, and I couldn't quite understand his English. It was sort of broken English. I think he's gone a long way to sorting that out now. He's also uh, brought,
4: he's he brings a translator with him, doesn't yeah. he? An interpreter. He's not getting yeah. caught in that trap no. again. Yeah.
3: Uh, and there's a clear message. And boy, are those players taking it on board because they know their movement is seamless. The way they move into their different shapes. And it can mm. be one of two or three different shapes, yeah. Jim. Yeah. And it can be sometimes be cash cash on the right-hand side. It could be concert They, they, they change the personnel. It's sure. not necessarily reliant on everybody. And then strategically, the substitutes are made. Do you know, Diaby comes on, who's just as quick as Bailey, but Bailey now is playing the football that they expected him to play yeah. under Gerard.
2: Well, curiously, Arteta's been speaking and he was asked if he's been surprised by Emery's success at Villa.
5: No, I follow him since he was in Almeria. What he's done for every team has been always remarkable. He always improved the players, uh, the team, the, the club, and uh, his basque like I am, and uh, he's a manager that I really admire for what he's done in the game. He's done it in various countries, in different levels, and always been successful. So I'm really happy for him.
2: Are Arsenal different this season to last, Martin? They seem to score a host of late goals, they grind out results, they're dangerous until the final whistle, whether that's in the 98th or 99th minute. They've
3: done it four times this season, Declan Rice has scored two late goals in that process and I think he's been quite immense actually, Declan Rice. I, I, I really do think that he's risen to the challenge I and mean, we knew he was a good player at West Ham and the West Ham fans will say, oh well if you'd have watched us play, you know, you'd know. Well of course we all watched West Ham last year, but I just feel now he's he's brought something else. His character, personality, um, what on earth was he doing up there for that, for that last minute winner? Um, you just get the feeling that Arsenal have got something a bit different this season. And it does come. I think it does galvanise you. you.
2: What is that thing that's different? Well,
3: well, last year it came back in abundance in terms of that fight, that determination. It always felt that Arsenal had a bit of a soft underbelly. I don't think that's there now. They may be not playing quite as well as they were last year, but they're still grinding out results. That's really important. And they're going to need all of that this weekend, Jim, because this is now becoming the ultimate test, Villa Park, trying to deal with it. I mean, Villa make that pitch as small as possible when you have possession they condense the space, they push up from the back and then all of a sudden they just, they're bursting forward. Dean's, Dean is, Luca Dean's, Charging down the left-hand side it's, its difficult to work it through. I pretty—I pretty well believe the analysts have been looking at this mm, since the week, you know, yeah. since the game finished the other night to work out how Arsenal can comp- And yeah. they're very clear in what they do, Jim. They have two very good, outstanding. Martinelli needs to be fit, by the way. He got a knock mm. the other night. He needs to be 100% fit. And, I mean, Jesus, and there's
2: always a debate around the goalkeeping situation at Arsenal. Well, we that's right. Until get a World Cup winner who stands he, tall and keeps you out. It was the formerly Arsenal at Arsenal. Didn't want. <laughs>
3: He was formerly at Arsenal, former right? Arsenal keeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point, Simon. Well, yeah. another one with a point to prove. Yes, um, who made two brilliant saves against Haaland the other night? Because so, so, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a poor performance in that Villa game. So yeah, there's a lot. There's lots it of flips edge the other on
4: this. Well, what does it tell you if Arsenal go out there and do a number on Villa? What does that? I mean, we're saying what does it do for Villa? What does Villa mean for Villa? If Villa beat Man and Aston and Arsenal in a week, what are we saying about Villa? Equally, if Arsenal go up to the form team in the division at home. We've not been beaten and go and get a result there. What does it
3: say about Arsenal? Yeah, yeah. but when you see though, when you see Man City slowly starting to slip down and they're
2: not not perfect anymore, they're not, I mean, it was faultless for years. It was. For years. One word comes into it that Martin, the likes of City, a machine who have the winning habit and we know all that. Mm -hmm. Whenever I hear an interviewer ask it, if I asked it, I probably have over the years. But Pet was asked, you know, complacency, do you have to guard it? Of course they're not complacent. Or are they? No, last year when, they were. When you went unbeaten, was there ever a hint of complacency not at you, any time? Not if you've got the right people in the building, because
3: you keep asking from of each other. It, whatever you win, you just you put it to one side, you start again. I think that's been evident with City. You could see Haaland. You look at the look at the anger in those players when when they didn't get the decision they wanted in the previous game. So it's there, Jim. It's just that I just feel that Without certain players now, then they're, they're not quite as, uh, as good as they were in the past. That's what it's about. They're good, but they're not, they're not the best anymore at the moment. Now, wouldn't they'll that find be, that form.
4: Wouldn't that be said about any side? If you take one of the key components out of any side, you're going to struggle to be operating at the highest see... level. I mean, how far behind Arsenal were Man City last time this season? Last time this year, sorry. Well, we we're all in World Cup last this time last year. Uh, so, uh, you know, Arsenal,
2: Arsenal, if, Arsenal were leading it, the table. I'm, I'm not talking uh, about timing. Stage. I'm talking about the amount of games. Yeah, they were leading. The, right. They were leading the way. So there was. Uh, no, time. we one know. We took the point. Arsenal were 8-10 points. Mm. This,
4: this Man City side are going for a slight funk at this moment. In time they'll be back. You can't tell me Pep's not uh,
3: uh, unhappy with that. Can't you? you can't. He's trying to scratch his head, trying yeah. to look for the. It's uh, curious successful that we runner. all know
4: better. We, on one hand, we will argue and debate that Pep Guardiola is the greatest manager. Or one of the greatest managers and a great tactician and knows precisely what he's doing, and then we're debating whether he should put a particular player in midfield. Look, Man City are the best team in the division. I expect Man City to recover their poison and win the league. I think they're better than Arsenal. I think they're better than Liverpool. I don't. I don't think they're as exciting to watch as Liverpool, and I don't think they're often. No, he's, as, also, as a, he's bought Nunez. He bought covetish and they bought Phillips. They're also got the boy. Uh, yeah. Well, that's and they've got two
3: central defenders playing in the midfield effectively. And, and I'd be had, asking the you know question: what, if the world's I was greatest coach must have a reason for that. Yeah, but if it works, it's fine, isn't it? But if it doesn't, we then question it. That's Bad just performance. natural. Isn't it? That doesn't mean we don't respect what he does. We yeah. know he's a fantastic the adjective, innovator.
4: Adjective was being used by by Gary Neville, wasn't it? And Jamie Carragher, I think the the reason why. Jim brought up the word complacency is because that was what was being thrown around. But I don't think it's
3: right in this instance. I think last year they were were complacent and he wanted that fire in their belly that Arsenal had that they didn't and when they found that they became champions. I
4: think this time it's about quality of play. I tell you what he, he must want for some more complacency then because if complacency leads yourself to a treble then complacency is the order of the day <laughs> maybe it was maybe it was easier just to get the player that's it let's get down like laissez-faire
2: we we'll do the quadruple <laughs> this is a difficult this
3: is, this is a much more difficult situation than a lack of <laughs> Complacency,
2: <laughs> Martin. There's a, a message as we hit the break. Arsenal are chokers, no doubt about it. When the trophies are handed out, Arsenal will be nowhere near it. It's as simple as that. You don't think so? You think it's simple? It's, a long it's way different. Out. It's a long way out, but some, you know, it might be. It's not going to be City this year. But they did
4: choke last year. At Arsenal, didn't they?
3: You don't think it's going to be City this year, did you say? It might not be City. It might not be City. Can we say with any certainty that Man City are going to win the table? right? Not with now? any certainty. in the table.
2: But I kind of would concur with Simon that, all right, I'll logic, wait logically, logically who do you think? History
3: tells us it will be City. But if you're in that group and there's no certainty it's going to happen, believe you me, I've been in a group that was invincible. And before that, we went on beating away from home uh, for a whole season. And we won other trophies. And you, there's always that feeling that if you lose a game of football, can we get this right? Can we fix it?
2: Yeah. And that would be happening
3: on the inside. After of your
2: invincibility, Pep, who, who did you lose to first? Pep's now going to have to get do, in there do and you sort remember things it? out. Who did you lose to first? You know, don't you? I don't. I seriously don't. After the 49 games? Yeah. Well, it was Manchester United. Was it? it was Manchester United. I mean, was it?
4: So there, were three, um, there were three certainties in life at the uh, moment of time. Death, taxes, and the fact that Arsenal will choke
2: again this season.
4: <laughs> we're going to see this year who's choking
3: yeah, Who wins this tomorrow
2: night? Villa or Arsenal?
3: I'm going to go I'm going to go draw because Simon wants me to sit on the friends. Okay.
2: Are you sitting in the fence? I think Arsenal will beat them. You think so? Mm. All right. Ooh-hoo. I think Villa will beat them. There you go. Your 100% essential download.
1: Outspoken with White and Jordan.
2: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back on Monday to bring you the best of the show.